Welcome, everyone, to the Lazy Landlord Podcast on Benzinga. We're going to use this platform to allow you to hear from the very best in the industry. We're going to be talking to founders and CEOs of some of the biggest REITs that have built some of the largest, most valuable real estate portfolios on the planet, the companies that are bringing you know, new opportunities to investors through crowdfunding, uh, fractional ownerships, uh, and other investors that have found ways to really scale their passive real estate investments, and really anyone that's going to help you make better decisions with your investments. So go subscribe and become a lazy landlord yourself. All right, I am especially excited about today's guest since this company has by far uh, one of the most innovative real estate investment platforms available. And it's actually one that I've been using myself personally. So it is with great pleasure that I introduce you all to Ryan Frazier, the CEO of Arrived Homes. Ryan, for anyone listening that isn't already familiar with Arrived Homes, could you just explain you know, what the platform is, you know, maybe who it's for? Great. And thanks, Kevin, for, for having me join and for uh, being an investor on the on the platform as well. So, so what is Arrived? Essentially, it's a platform that makes it easy for anyone to invest in rental properties. And the way that it works is that individuals can buy shares of, of individual homes, starting from $100 to $10,000 or more, however much you want to invest in that property. And then Arrived takes care of all of the work of, of managing the, the property. So all of the you know, dealing with a property management or, or the rental operations for, uh, for the asset. And the, the impact is that, you know, investors can still pick and choose how they want to build their portfolio of individual rental properties. They can invest, you know, nearly any amount of capital that they'd like to and diversify across properties. And then it becomes a passive investment from there with, with Arrived taking care of the management. You know, one of the things that I've, I've just found so unique, you know, about Arrived when I first came across it was, you know, just the fact that you could invest in, you know, a specific property, you know, an individual asset where, you know, there are other investment platforms um, with low minimums, you invest in a whole portfolio. So you don't really have much say, it's more like a, a REIT in sense. So, you know, I'm curious, like, what has the demand, you know, been for investors that, you know, are wanting to do just that, you know, invest in these specific rental properties? I think that you know, that's been something that's been a surprise to us is just how remarkable the the interest has been, uh, where we've had nearly 100,000 people sign up to invest in, in properties now and, and buy shares of individual homes. And I think we thought it might take longer for people to understand the concept of, of buying a share of a rental property. But I think because investing in fractional shares of stocks and other assets has become a bit more commonplace and, and more popular now. I think people just had a you know, place in their mind where they could kind of understand, okay, yeah, I can, own, I can own a share of this property. I will get the proportional returns, you know, cash flow from rental income or any property value growth based on the number of shares I own. And that gives me more control of how much I'm investing and, and being able to diversify. I'd say getting to that point, though, it's kind of you know, through myself and co-founders, really our personal experience with wanting to invest in property. For me, through you know, a 10, 12-year period um, in my kind of mid-20s to, to 30s, I really was just moving around, it seemed like every year or two, 
um, you know, moving to with a previous business that that we were operating, where we're being close to customers, or uh, we just had moved to other areas of the country, and we were just never in the same place long enough where it made sense to you know invest for five, ten plus years, which is really what's required in in real estate to overcome the kind of hurdle of the transaction costs to get any type of material returns. And so I had been kind of questioning that for, for a while, you know, why, why does it have to be so binary that, you know, you, you save up for multiple years for these down payments that are often six figures nowadays, and then you're committed to that city or that property for, you know, forever, um, or really for the, for the long term. And so that was really, I think, you know, part of the the idea for Arrived is how do we look at these barriers that prevent people from getting started today in owning real estate? You know, the capital, the time commitments, and the expertise required. And how do we lower the barrier to entry so that, you know, if you have um, time and expertise, but may not, maybe not the amount of capital to diversify in as many properties as you want, Arrive can facilitate that for you. Or maybe you have capital and expertise, but you don't have time. Um, you don't have time to invest in new markets and, and build up, um, you know, a presence there and, and you want to be able to diversify, you know, Arrive can step in in that scenario as well. So it's really about taking those three kind of major rocks that keep people out of investing capital time and expertise and, and making it just very convenient to, to get started. All right. So another thing that, you know, I found, you know, really cool about, about your platform is the ability for, you know, both accredited and non-accredited investors to be able to participate where, you know, historically, you know, investing directly into a real estate asset you know, requires somebody to be accredited, you know, and usually have 25 to $50,000 minimum investment. So, you know, how, how are you able to offer um, these investments to non-accredited investors? I mean, that was a very important part of, you know, Arrived and the mission for Arrived is is making sure that these investments are are accessible to anyone that wants to invest in, in rental properties. Uh, only 7% of, of people in this country own property investments outside of their primary residence. And so that's a huge gap in, in terms of number of people who have been able to invest. Part of that was you know working through that on a product experience basis, so the ability to buy shares, um, arrive, taking on more of the labor side of of managing the investments, just so that more people would be comfortable investing. But the other, as you mentioned, was making sure that non-accredited investors can invest. You know, meaning people that don't have a net worth of more than a million dollars or annual income of higher than two hundred or three hundred thousand um, dollars. And to do that meant you know, working with the SEC for, for nearly a year and, you know, adopting this, this model under Regulation A+, which basically created this process of, you know, IPOing an individual house. Essentially, the Arrive platform today is a platform for operating these individual house IPOs. And we went through a, a process um, under Reg, Reg A+, where you know, the SEC had qualified, reviewed and qualified our offerings so that we can make them available. Anytime you're you're making investments available to non-accredited investors, there's a much higher bar for disclosure. And so we have a lot of disclosures that are available um, on our website for every property. You know, things like the risk factors, the financials. We, as a result, also provide annual audited financial statements for our properties um, that get reviewed by the SEC as well. And 
so we really spent the time to go through that process to to make sure that this was broadly accessible. The other thing that it does, you know, in having the these offerings structured this way is is provide some options for for liquidity where people can, you know, get access to liquidity on their investments over time um, if they'd like to as well. And really those two things, you know, supporting non-accredited investors and supporting some of the future liquidity options that we're in the process of building now uh, were really why we went down that, that regulation A plus path when we, when we were designing the product and, and working with the SEC. I think investors probably sort of enjoy having that little bit peace of mind, knowing that these offerings are, you know, qualified by the SEC. Yeah, I think in the end of the day, you know, it's it's in an effort of investor protection and making sure that they have all the information of an investment which we we absolutely support and you know, we think that it's it's great for, you know, this this industry as a whole to to have that framework to operate within and 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 investors can, you know, look look at that as well. So so we absolutely support it and you know, you're right that it's become more of a um kind of ongoing or streamlined process now that's allowed us to make these offerings or properties available each week. I mean, I've, I've been in real estate in you know some capacity for, I think, 11 years now. And, you know, so of course, you know, got into the, um, you know, the rental property. That is, I, I found really quickly, less of an investment, more of a business when you're a, a hands-on landlord. There's so many things you don't think about that that come up. When I think of an investment, you know, I'm thinking of like I put my money to work, and depending on how good of an investment I choose, you know, how well that, you know, what kind of return that's going to make for me. But you know, when it comes to rental properties, you know, it it's, can be a direct result of the time and you know energy you put into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I got out of that you know, business myself <laughs> just for those reasons. But you know, I, I love the the overall asset class in the market, so. You know, like I said, that's what really you know drew you know, drew me into arrived. Currently, you know, with property values being so high, I mean, we saw them just skyrocket. You know, in the last couple of years, is now really a good time to invest in in rental properties? I mean, you know, why would somebody want to get into this market now? You know, are, do you have concerns that you know, the housing market could crash? And you know, if so what what does that look like for the investors? I think it's it's certainly been an interesting time in the market over the last eighteen months or so as we kind of went through the the COVID pandemic, and we've seen that there's been you know a lot of impacts to the housing market from that. Uh, we've seen that culturally, people have you know moved out of these city hubs where they're you know valuing more space, they're valuing. Um, you know, having or moving a little bit outside of the, the core and they're either willing to, you know, spend to, to buy a home or they're looking for quality homes to rent that offer more space that are different from, you know, these apartment buildings that they were living in before. At the same time, you know, the Fed was was changing interest rates to to all-time lows to, you know, zero on the, the Fed funds rate. But I mean, we saw that mortgage rates were dipping below 3%. And you know, those kind of two things, uh, among other factors, have really caused the housing market to accelerate. You know, in price appreciation, I've seen. I think we've seen, you know, price appreciation that probably is not sustainable long term. Where you're going to see, you know, fifteen, twenty percent plus price appreciation per year. That's just not what we've looked at in the housing market or in single family historically. It's averaged you know, more like 4% price appreciation per year historically. Um, and so, you know, we think in the market today, 
as some of these kind of trends and changes have started to settle out, that we'll probably see ourselves go back to more of that historical average. We've seen the Fed now increasing interest rates to try to, you know, offset what we're seeing in in terms of inflation. Um, and I think that that you know makes the borrowing cost look a lot higher than it was, you know, 12 months ago. But I think the reality is, is you know, we're still well below what we were a decade ago. And so I think that the market's still pricing in, you know, what does that mean for housing affordability and, and um, you know, how will the, the market respond? From our perspective, you know, we're still uh, very excited about investing in, in the single family space. I think there's a lot of um, tailwinds for the asset where you have you know, institutional investors that have now moved into the space. You have some things that are making it really hard to add more supply. You know, the high cost of labor, the high cost of materials. Um, you have folks that, you know, over the last couple of years have locked in these historically low interest rates. So you now have this kind of interest rate lock-in that will keep less supply or more supply from entering the market. People are less willing to give up their, their home and the mortgage rates that are attached to that. Um, so we think that there's you know, still uh, kind of great resilience in, in the housing market. We don't expect, you know, in our opinion, that we'll see a, a major housing crash, but we do anticipate that you know the the rapid price appreciation will will move back to a, a normal kind of baseline. Um, and in general, when we think about Arrive's product, you know, investing in shares of homes versus buying a whole home on your own, we really kind of like that it provides access to dollar cost averaging, the ability to add investment dollars gradually on a monthly, quarterly, yearly basis, um, which has never really been possible before in direct ownership of, of real estate when you're buying whole homes. And you know each home is such a massive uh, financial decision. You can really spread that out. And I think that that takes a little bit of the um, you know, importance off of Kind of trying to time the market because I think that's always very hard and allows you to dollar cost average in over time and um, you know diversify in different cities and times and you know different types of properties which all together you know help uh, lower some of your your risk. What a, a concept, right? You know, dollar cost averaging for real estate along with the the prices of homes. You know, we've obviously seen rent increase at a higher rate in some areas. I mean, what do you see, you know, where do you see that going? Um, is rent going to kind of flatten out or is it going to just keep keep moving up? I think that you, you know, you do find that that rent tends to, you know, follow inflation, assuming that, you know, the inflation is, is related to uh, more economic activity. I think some of the inflation that we're seeing is more related to some of the supply chain issues, which I think is part of what's making the current economic environment challenging. But in general, you know, we we do think that rents probably follow that. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that if interest rates, you know, continue to go up or even remain at the the point that they're at, that changes the kind of relative affordability of a monthly mortgage payment or of ownership of of a property that you live in versus rent. And oftentimes those things kind of work in some sort of equilibrium point. So I, I was seeing an article last week that um, as interest rates had had gone up, you know, that increases the cost of of owning, you know, a primary residence. And as it does that, you know, that causes more people to to decide to to rent because they're making that trade-off of of affordability. Do I want to pay an extra seven hundred dollars per month 
um, for this home that I want to live in, or would I rather rent for another year or two and, and um, save some money? And so I think those types of things also dictate where the rental markets move. Um, but it does seem like the rental markets have gone up a little bit. Now, are there any particular markets that you're seeing is, you know, especially attractive right now? I think when we look at markets, we're looking at, you know, where is their growth at a simple level where we're looking at, you know, population data and are we seeing an increase in, in people moving to that city? Um, are these desirable places to live where they have great and sufficient infrastructure to support that? Um, and we're looking at, you know, some of the top 100 cities. Today, we're in 19, um, and we're continuing to add more cities quickly. I think we'll probably be at 40 by the end of the year. And then just calling out some of the ones that, you know, we like, maybe some of the ones that people wouldn't think about naturally, because I think there are some cities that we're in, like, let's say Nashville, that has just seen, you know, such population growth and a lot of uh, cultural interest in in that market. But then there's other markets that are more slightly the the kind of up and coming cities that are seeing rapid population growth, but maybe they're near more the top 100 city versus the you know top 25. We look at like Northwest Arkansas, um, Fayetteville, Bentonville, where there's just such strong economic growth uh, being driven by Walmart being headquartered there. And then all of the uh, corporate partners for, for Walmart that have offices there, and they're doing a ton of investment in, in the region. And as a result, we've seen a strong demand for for properties, for rentals. Um, and so I think that's an interesting market. A few others that we look at are uh, Indianapolis, um, you know, has had a strong fundamental economy. Um, and I think there's some migratory patterns, uh, you know, from Chicago that are driving a little bit of that. But it's been a, a market that we've followed closely and started to invest in. And then Chattanooga in, in Tennessee, where it's become kind of a, a nice remote work hub in that region, um, has the fastest internet in, in the country as a fun fact. Uh, so great for those remote workers that are that are moving to that area. Um, but I think you're seeing a few of these uh, slightly smaller but up and coming cities that that have uh, great potential for growth that, that we've been excited to start adding a few assets in and, and make available for investors. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, you know, there's obviously certain markets everybody knows of, you know, like Austin and, you know, cities in Florida that you hear about that a lot of people are flocking to for investing. But, you know, I find that there are some of the best opportunities are in some of these that you're talking about, maybe not so well known to everybody, but you see, you know, these certain indicators that you know, there's a lot of growth potential there. And so then you, I guess you're not fighting with as many buyers in the market too, right? So you're probably getting a little bit better attractive, um, you know, pricing. So when you're, so you, you've got your market and, you know, you're looking for properties there, you know, what's, what goes into that to, to choosing which, which homes you're going to, you're going to be investing in there? You know, we've, we've started out looking for, I think, you know, folks that kind of come to the website will notice they're often newer homes and, and high quality kind of properties and, and rentals. I think that we've found that, you know, in our view, those are going to provide stronger cash flow opportunities during the hold period, just because they have less of a need for, for maintenance. And anytime, you know, most of our properties are, are, you know, newer than even 2010. Um, so oftentimes, you know, no deferred maintenance or anything like that. And if we're buying an older home, 
we're typically doing any kind of major fixture improvement or, or renovation before we, we make them available on the platform. Um, and again, that's really to try to provide these, these strong and sustainable cash flows, you know, something making that really consistent, because I think that's a huge draw of, of rental properties is having that consistent access to, to cash flow. In our case, it's dividends. So we, we pay out these dividends on a, a quarterly basis for our properties. We're paying out, you know, on average, probably between three to 7% on an annualized basis. And that just depends on the market and, and maybe how much leverage is on the property. Um, so that's what we've really you know, focused on. And I think that the other thing that's given us confidence there is that we've seen in these markets that they're often undersupplied on, on you know, quality homes. I think uh, we view that it's a differentiated product today, that people are really desiring a great place to live, whether they, they rent or not. Um, and... You know, for for whatever reason, I think it's been more the trend to you know defer maintenance and and things like that. Uh, so I think that makes us a unique uh, asset when we're you know, sharing the properties that we have with with potential renters in these markets. And so that's why we we've, we've targeted the types of properties that we have, and then over time, really arrive can support any type of asset. I mean, we we really believe in in this segment of single family. And we're really focused on adding cities to allow people to diversify. But in the future, you'll see us, you know, likely add new new asset types and things like that as well. You know, what is next for Arrived Homes? I mean, you guys have been growing. You know, what can you share with us about what's what we can be looking out for on the platform? Yeah, we we've got a ton in store. Um, I think one of the things that we're most excited about making available for for investors is access to short term rentals uh, like Airbnbs. I think so many people have been able to experience, you know, Airbnb and VRBO and this the short-term rental like experience, um, but very few, even fewer than long-term rentals um, on the ownership side have been able to participate in the ownership side of these economies uh, as a as a host and access the the economics that can come from being a host of these short-term rental properties, and you know, with arrived. We think that we can solve for the ongoing, you know, time commitments, which are even higher than long-term invest um, rentals for for investors, so that they can access, you know, this the short-term rental economy. So that's what we have coming here on the uh, on the near term, uh, probably end of this summer, and really excited to get that launched and as the kind of the first complement to the the you know, single-family and, and long-term rental investments that we have right now. Ryan, you talked about the demand and you know the number of investors that have been signing up on Arrive to buy shares of rental properties. And I'm sure there'll be even more demand once you you add these short-term rentals to the platform. So what's the best way for investors to make sure they can get access to these new properties once they're available on the platform? The best way is to sign up and, and create an account with Arrived. And can do that just through our website on, on arrivedhomes.com. Um, and once you do, you get notified of, of new properties that are coming, new assets, and you can kind of decide when's the right time or, or what are the right properties to, to invest in. And, you know, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Like we have seen such incredible increase in interest, I think partly driven by some of the volatility we've seen in other assets in the stock market and the crypto market, where there's been, you know, quite a bit of of volatility, I think real estate has, um, you know, kind of continued to to do what it does, which is kind of, in general, uh, historically, 
has you know offers the stable cash flow, stable property value growth over time, a nice inflation hedge. And if you can enter the asset with a long-term view, you know, multi-year view, um, then those things will sustain even if there are short-term uh, corrections. You know, even if we do see a decline in in property values, still have great cash flow uh, coming that help you know provide some resilience to the overall returns. And so I think because of those things and just the attributes of of real estate, it's a lot of people have been interested in in adding more to their real estate portfolio during the last couple of months. And so you know we've really been trying to make sure that we're making uh, you know enough assets available for people to invest in. As I mentioned, we've had uh, nearly 100,000 people come and sign up and, and start to create an accounts and, and start investing in, in properties. And, um, you know, we've probably funded over 20 million of, of rental properties just in the last two months. Um, and, you know, we're making several new properties available each week to, to kind of keep up with investors. And in the meantime, we're staying really selective on, on what we buy. With the the cities we're in today, we underwrite something like fifty thousand uh, properties per month, and, and we make offers on less than 0.1 percent of them. And then, you know, the ones that we win are are the properties that we make available to folks. And part of our strategy has been to expand markets so that we can stay selective as we keep growing our our scale. And we'll we'll keep doing that. But excited to keep making you know, these offerings available to to folks. And it's been amazing to see the the feedback and, and the interest. All right, Ryan. Well, hey, thank you so much. Look, I know you've got you've got a lot to get back to, um, a lot of properties to buy to to keep up here. So we'll um it won't keep you any longer. But hey, thank you so much uh for being with us today. And I, you know, I can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me and likewise talk soon. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.